Welcome to How to Make It in the City on WBAI in New York 99.5 FM. This is a show where we explore both the practical and spiritual aspects of making it. This show is for artists, entrepreneurs, dreamers, and visionaries who are determined to end the cycle of working soul-crushing jobs just to pay bills. This is where we learn how to live our mission while making a great living. This is where we learn how to do well by doing good. This is where we learn how to step into our divine calling while entering a space of financial freedom and abundance. I am your host, Ama Kari Kari Yawson. In August of 2015, I quit my six-figure salary day job as a corporate lawyer to step into my purpose of healing through storytelling. I now travel the country performing my stories, such as my debut book, Sune's Gift, while facilitating presentations and training sessions for schools, universities, governments, and corporations. Loved ones, it has been quite a bumpy ride, and I have a long way to go. Let's figure out how to make it in this city together. Welcome, loved ones. So our goal as entrepreneurs, artists, leaders, and visionaries is to create positive change. We aim to make the world a better place through our social movements, products, services, books, films, media, and other works. But we can't do our work if we are burnt out, exhausted, and unhealthy. We must take time for self-care. Our guest today, Ms. Tatiana Jerome, is on a mission to encourage such self-care. Tatiana Jerome is an entrepreneur, lifestyle consultant, a speaker of resuscitation. In her words, that means giving life back to where the heart is. But most importantly, as she states, she is a visionary that stops at nothing to make dreams come true. She is the embodiment of the ultimate woman. While she speaks of her successes, she is sure to tell you about the years of sacrifices made, failures faced, the number of rejections she's encountered, the miracle of God's many interventions in her life, and the lack of support that she experienced at one point. It doesn't come easy, and it won't come without tears, says Tatiana Jerome. She's a woman of empowerment and has been working with clients for over seven years in personal expansion. From her peer rush company for lifestyle development to most recently Tatiana Media LLC and her clothing line, Miss Jerome, <laughs> she has launched so many incentives to help women gain more confidence, get love, and master money with a primary focus of self realization. Welcome, Tatiana Jerome. Hi, thank you. It is great to have you. So please tell us about your background. Where did you grow up and what was your family life like? I mainly grew up in South Florida. Uh, we grew up in middle-class neighborhoods. I, my mom and dad, both working parents, but we lived paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> and it wasn't, it just, as kids, we didn't know. I have a brother, a younger brother, and then I have a sister who's 13 years younger than I am. 
And we just didn't know that we didn't have just because I guess I felt like life was simpler back then than it is now. So I don't know. I felt like my childhood was really great. We weren't into a lot of material things. We just played with each other. But my parents really tried hard not to let us know that we didn't have. But it was apparent in certain things. Okay. Like what things was it apparent in? We may stay in a home where, you know, someone looking from the outside is like, oh, that's nice. But then for us, the lights weren't paid. (laughs) So we didn't have lights for a day or two until my dad could get figure out the money of how to pay the light bill or whatever else. So from the outside, it looks good. But my dad has always said to us he wanted us in a better neighborhood. That was his main thing. He always wanted, he didn't want us in whatever neighborhoods. So, Okay. And so if for him, if you were in a nice house in a good neighborhood, but the light bill couldn't get paid here and there, that was better than having lights consistently in a worse looking neighborhood. For him, because of us going to school, it was the school districts, things like that is what really wasn't on his mind. And eventually, you know, they were able to get stable because there was one point where my mom wasn't working and then she was able to get on her feet. She went to school for nursing and just through time and she was able to become a nurse and things got a little bit steady. But at that time, it really was a struggle. But when looking back at it, my my brother and I will always talk about this, like, it wasn't really, when you're a kid, you don't really notice it. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. But then you get older and it's just like, whoa. Sure, I could see that. You could think that the lights being out was some fun adventure. I mean, as a child, you wouldn't necessarily (laughs) understand the implications of what it means when you don't have money to pay the electric bill. Sure. So please tell us, what do you believe is the greatest obstacle that you faced? Uh. Right now, when I think back at things, I would say making a way for myself because I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like when, yeah, you may have little things and you're like, how am I going to get over this? Or maybe some people have financial and there's health and stuff and then you make a way. But it's always for me, it was more like, okay, after college, I got a job and I'm like, oh, no, this isn't going to work. I didn't know this is the way things were set up. And so it was more for me just making a way, figuring out how I'm going to do that and on what I wanted to do. How do you define make a way and what was so untenable about the first job after college? Okay, well, I'll go with the first job after college part where it was just, I don't know, I was just, was um, what did I do? Oh, I worked for the city at the time. I moved to Georgia. I worked for the city and I was just an assistant. And I was just like, this isn't it. I went to school for public relations and I didn't use my degree for anything. And I just felt like this wasn't it. I can't do this for the next 30 years. I didn't feel like I was doing anything that was life changing or anything. My day was the same over and over. And when I talk about making a way for myself, I wanted to do more. I always knew I was to be more. And I say that because I've always was always in my head. I was always living within my spirit in my head, and I always just felt like I knew. Like it was a message to me from when I was younger. I just said, "Oh, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna do something great," and that didn't align with what I was gonna do. So I had to figure out what exactly was the greatness that I wanted to do, well, and then make a way from that. Well, there we go. That's what we all want to do: find a way to <laughs> to to. Ex- 
to achieve our greatest goal. So how exactly did you make a way? You feel as if your greatest obstacle was recognizing that the nine to five monotony of being an assistant would not satisfy your soul. But how did you figure out what more was out there for you? Well, this is what I'll say, like, personal things happen. For one, I wrote a book. Before I wrote this book, I was always I was always into writing. And so I got on social media and I would just write my thoughts of things that I had personally going on to me. It was just me writing to me. So people just caught on. They liked it, whatever. And I wrote a lot about relationships. So at the time, there were people who would just reach out to me and say, hey, you need to write. And I was just like, no, because I don't like the pressure of writing. I just like to write in my free time or whatever. So, but at the time, like everyone would just reach out with their personal relationship um, stuff that they had going on. And then I ended up in a relationship issue. And so in that sense, when I ended up in a relationship issue, I just started writing and then a book made away. And the crazy part about it is before that, Two weeks before, I just was praying. I was praying, and I remember the prayer that I said. I remember saying, "God, just help me to um, find a way to help other people. I want to help other people. Let me know what I need to do." And then I went through this thing that just changed my life. That I felt the the breakup that I went through, and then from there was the book where I just was easily able to write that and then help other people through that. So that's um, when you say making a way for myself. That's what happened. I had to navigate through how to do that. But I didn't know that the things that were happening in my personal is what was going to form what would make my way. Okay, great. So now what did you experience or learn in the breakup that allowed you to write the book so easily? And that book and I guess the reception that people had, the the experience people had in reading the book helped you to form the way. But But tell us about exactly what it was that you experienced that led you to write a book that would be so compelling that it would provide a path? Well, like I said, I like to write. I I write everything down, to-do lists, whatever it is, I write everything down. But when that breakup happened, you know, many of us go through breakups and then you get with someone else or whatever. For me, it was just this breakup was completely different. Like, I... I had physical symptoms. I've never experienced anything like that before. And then so it just was automatic for me to just start writing. I'm like, why am I going through this stuff? Why is it still like hurting me this much? Because this isn't the first breakup I've gone through. So, And I've never experienced anything like this. So when I would express myself through the book and then as well as on social media, people just gravitated towards that. And then that book just made away for me. What's the name of the book and what is it about? It's Love Lost, Love Found, A Woman's Guide to Healing from a Breakup. And it's really, that's what it is. It's on a lot of self-love. It's not on bashing anyone, but it's just recognizing how things may have gone wrong, what to do next, and then finding new love for yourself. Wow. Okay, so please tell us about the process of writing it. Did you send out, I mean, how long did it take you to write? How did you figure out what exactly one should do to be healed? You had a PR background, not a psychotherapy background. So how exactly did you get the insights to write the book? 
You know, it's so funny because I think that too. I always say like, um, and this, a lot of it is spiritual for me. I always say you learn things through experience and a lot of it is intuitive. And so I wrote, like I said, when I was younger, I just always been in tune with myself. And I just said to myself, writing this book didn't take me long at all. Um, I think I could have even gotten it done shorter, but at the time I had a job at the same time while I was writing the book. And so I would write at work <laughs> and um, I was just over my job and I'm like, I'm going to write this at work and get this done. And then, um, yeah, the, from there I self-published the book. I did the research online on how to get the book out and then I did a pre-order system asking people, would you be interested in this book? Because I already had a response of people saying, oh, you should write a book. And then people started ordering. And then from there, you know, I just ordered like a box of 20 thinking that should be it. I didn't know that this would be, but it just picked up more and more esteem. So I was doing this mainly through social media and through, um, yeah, just social media. I wasn't doing any press for it myself. I wasn't doing anything else because I really didn't know the impact of what the book would have. Okay, great. And tell us about that impact. There's a lot of mainly women who've picked up the book and really have said, you know, now they're able to move forward from breakup. And when they say move forward, meaning take, taking care of themselves, that there's some women who've reached out saying their partners and um, incarcerated or some everyone has a different story or why they're putting up with things that they know they should be moving on from why they accepting less just things that they've gone through and so when they when some people reach out to me they'll just say you know this has changed them in some ways they could finally make a decision and stick to it um they know they deserve better through it because a lot of the book really is more a motivational talk the same way that i did on social media is really the way i did with the book where I just talked to myself and said, I don't deserve this. I know I knew better. I knew my spirit told me that I should have better. And yet I still went ahead and did it. And then I'm looking at the result, like, why, why do I still do it? Why am I shocked at the result? So that's the way that I spoke in the book. And I said, you know, I'm loved. I need to do these self-care things. These are the things I like to do before I stopped doing them when I was in a relationship this is why this relationship wasn't working. It wasn't to place the blame on the next person, but really look into myself and see what was it that I was doing or not doing or what was I accepting that I settle. And when I settled, was I struggling because I settled? Just a lot of things that I looked within. So it was easy for me to do that. And that's why I say intuitive because I've been doing that all the time for myself anyway. So with the breakup, it was just a relief for me just to be able to write it. Okay, great. Thank you so much for that mm -hmm. information. So for, I, I would like you to please elaborate for anyone who's listening, who may be in the middle of a breakup or considering leaving a relationship. What exactly would you say are the key steps to healing from that? I would say time, forgiveness, There's a lot of forgiveness, um, and also expecting better. Because a lot of times people don't like to leave their relationship thinking that, oh, you know, it's harder out there. Or how am I going to find someone better? I'm in this situation or that. And or maybe just hearing stories from other people around them. So I think it's forgiveness with self and choices that we've made and decisions 
and not regretting anymore and just being able to move forward and expect better. I always say, well, God has better for you. So this isn't it. You were happy before you could be happy again. And so just to have that kind of mindset, because really I do think it's mindset to switch your emotions. Because if we're always dwelling on the past, which our mind likes to do and show us, oh, you could have done this better. You should have said this, especially when you have like people around you egging you on and you're telling that kind of story. Yeah, you should have done that. Or I told you to leave this person or that person. It doesn't help. So it's time to spend time by yourself and realize like, okay, let me forgive that person regardless of how much they hurt me. Let me forgive myself for accepting what I accepted and moving forward and being able to trust yourself in making better decisions because throughout that process sometimes we lose our confidence in making decisions as well wonderful so i just want to reiterate for the listeners because i think you dropped some really 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 beautiful uh, words of wisdom with respect to how to bounce back from a relationship so you said one giving yourself time or being patient with yourself if after a breakup, a person shouldn't expect that the next morning they're gung-ho, happy-go-lucky, and ready to <laughs> conquer the world, right? Give themselves the time. Uh, you said se- second, forgiveness. Really forgiving themselves and forgiving the other person, not wanting to dwell on the past, but to feel as if they can make amends and really re- release the debt. Don't, don't, they should believe that that person doesn't owe them anything more. And release mm-hmm. that debt through forgiveness. Additionally, you didn't use this word, but I think that it's what you were saying. Responsibility. Taking responsibility for the role that they played in the relationship and in what transpired. Because uh, this is something Jack Canfield says. E plus R equals O. There's always an event, right? But there's mm-hmm. R, which is the response. And that equals the outcome. So we all have a response that affected the outcome. And then the last thing that I think you said that was really key was expecting better. That many people are so devastated by relationship, even if the relationship wasn't some amazing, phenomenal nirvana (laughs) experience. They somehow still are so sad and wallowing in misery due to the breakup because they find it challenging to actually expect better and expect more. Would you agree with that synopsis? Yes, I do. And I want to add forgiveness is not foolishness. So that's another thing. It's like, oh, should we, you know, sit down and have dinner and talk about it? And it's like, no, you don't need to. (laughs) So you could forgive and move on and forward. But I completely agree with what you said, Mm because that's what I feel. And then to add in all of that equals self-care, taking care of yourself and putting yourself first. Beautiful. So would you say that that fairly devastating breakup is what really inspired you to embark on this mission of promoting self-care? Yes, that was the whole thing with making the way because I had no I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work. And but again, I feel like the prayer triggered everything. It's like, OK, this is what you asked for. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was going to come in that form. Mm-hmm. And then this is this is it. Now I'm relating even more. People are seeing me talk to myself even more and say, you need this. You need that. Listen to this. You know better than that. And so I felt like people related to that. Now, what was the lack of self-care that you thought you exhibited towards yourself during that relationship or during the breakup? 
I feel like it was an absence of the things that I actually wanted to do or liked doing. Um, for example, instead of, I, I understand that, you know, you look out for the person that you are with, but I also felt like it was mainly me always saying, oh, this person needs this, this person needs that, this person, you know, let me get this ready for that. And the energy that I put into that person, I didn't put into myself. And that was, I felt was the biggest issue. Like for me in the mornings, I always, you know, I wake up, I pray, and then I meditate. When I was with that person, I wasn't doing those things anymore. There was an absence and it happened slowly. And it's like, okay, it was just one day. And it just kept happening. It wasn't one day anymore. It just added up. And so I was pouring more into that person than into myself. So started to starve that's what happens wow okay so you said your lack of self-care was marked by one the fact that you were always thinking of him and not thinking of yourself so thinking of ways to make him happy ways to I don't know please him but you weren't really devoting that same level of thought to yourself and additionally you said that you neglected to wake up and pray and meditate and before the relationship you had had a practice of praying and meditating consistently yes okay are there any other self-care rituals that you have so you named prayer meditation is there anything else that you do well now um I'm big on putting the phone down because <laughs> I'm always checking the phone. And so now I make, that's one of the things I'm working on, putting the phone down. But the thing that I used to do that I do now, again, is reading. I do a lot more reading. Um, I've always enjoyed reading. But, again, when I was in that particular relationship, I wasn't doing that. I just always said I don't have time for that or I'll get to that later. And I just felt like the things that – would take care of me where I would say, are you okay? Those are the questions I would ask myself. I wasn't asking myself those questions anymore. I didn't say, Tatiana, what do you need? I didn't say, are you okay? Did you eat today? The same way you would ask someone, it's like, are you okay? Did you eat? What you eat? I didn't eat that. I didn't say, I don't want to say I didn't eat that. I didn't ask that for me. I'm like, oh, are you starving? I'll be like, oh, okay, I could eat later. I could dismiss my needs, dismiss what I need for myself. Wow. No, that that's that, that that's a lot. So you first, I, I think you're saying the, the fact that you were always thinking of him meant that you weren't thinking about yourself and thinking about yourself for you consists of really asking yourself, what do you need? Did you eat? Do you need food? Do you need water? Do you need rest? Do you need a break? In the same way that there are lots of people who care for children and they're constantly asking their kids, are you hungry? Are you tired? Are you blah, 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 that we should ask ourselves that. Okay, beautiful. And that you also believe your self-care consists of praying, meditating, putting the phone down, and reading. Beautiful. So now, when you are now on this mission, and tell us what that mission consists of, how exactly do you encourage other women or other people to engage in self-care? Well, the way I do that is a lot of prayer and a lot of stillness. I always, you know, I don't like to force down spirituality on anyone, but I feel like if you're coming to me, then you should already know that's what I'm about. So I always talk about prayer and stillness. Sometimes I feel like we're doing too much thinking we're getting a lot done and we're not, and we're actually hurting ourselves in the process of doing too much. So sometimes you just need to sit and just, talk to yourself, not in a crazy way, but just really 
talk to yourself and say, okay, what is it can I do? What are you trying to figure out? Because a lot of times we're operating in confusion again, and then, like, you don't know that you need clarity in some things, like, because you dismiss some things because you're distracted by everything else, and you're okay being distracted by everything else, if that makes sense. It's like keeping your schedule busy so you don't have to deal with something. So when you say sit still, you're forced to face what it is that you need for yourself. And that's what I like to get people to do and act as their best friend, like be your own best friend. Same questions you would ask your best friend, the same way, you know, being a true friend, be that to yourself. And and when I work with women, it's not, it started off with relations, relationships, but it's not just relationships now. It's like, like I said, I want you to do more for yourself. I want, because that's the way I see myself. Like, okay, I want more. I want to do this. I want to do that. I actually want to achieve this. And I want you to, I want to talk to you and say, what is it that you want to achieve for your life? And why can't you do that? And let's make a way to do that. Wonderful. Now, what type of, or do you ever experience resistance with people who are not interested in taking the advice, not interested in taking time to pray or meditate, and they feel as if what you're saying is, you know, quackery? Do you ever experience that? Um, yes and no. Yes, in the sense of, like, people who, because I use social media a lot, people who like to leave comments, and it's like you went out your way to leave a comment that of something that you don't believe. And so I just simply delete that or let that go. But that's really the only, <laughs> only way I get it. Because I feel like the, you know, when there's um, the people that do come and talk or reach out in some way, I just feel like they're tired. At this point, you're tired. The way that you were working with or wasn't working. So when I give my advice and say, hey, try this and do it in this way. Just try it for like 30 days. Just start the first three days. And you go ahead and actually practice that and do that. I don't really get a resistance from anyone saying, well, I'm not going to do that. I don't have time to do that because I expected that at first. Someone saying, well, I don't have time to do that. But I haven't received that. Okay, wonderful. So it's only mm-hmm. a few uh, trolls on the Internet that are right. or, <laughs> that are bothering you, but other people seem incredibly receptive. Okay, beautiful. And so what would you say to our listeners who are struggling with the idea of, of self-care. Um, there are some people who do really believe, I don't have time for that, and they believe that action and working is more important than stillness. What, what, what exactly would you say to them? Oh, I would, The thing is with that, I would just say just take time out, even if you're so busy. People are always online. Take time out and look at the people that you actually like who aren't doing as much as you or who you may feel like they are doing as much and wonder how they even got there. There has to be a time or a focus in one area. You can't do a whole bunch of stuff and think that it's going to get you there all the time, you being tired the way you are. So I just feel like when I look at someone that I really um, admire or I like, and I just like, I'll take, you know, Oprah, for instance, I believe this woman has a self-care regimen. I do. I believe she sits still. I know that it took time for her to get there, which everyone says, but I just believe there's stillness in knowing that, okay, I had to figure out what it is I want and what I'm doing. And I do believe that busyness, like I said earlier, creates a distraction. And so that's what I 
would say to anybody is like just give yourself some time put yourself as a priority just for five or ten minutes if you've never done that before and really write down and think about what it is that you want to do beautiful now please tell us what do you think we have to do culturally in the united states in order to create change so i mean this is known throughout the world that our culture in the united states is about busyness we have planners, we have schedules, we have long to-do lists. It's all about push, 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 push to get ahead. Uh, that seems, you know, pervasive. Many people who come from foreign countries are actually shocked to see the pace of life right. here. And they say <laughs> they don't understand how people are just, you know, going here and going there all the time. Like, I'll give an example. I went to the Dominican Republic some time ago. And in the Dominican Republic, when you ask someone for directions very often they will walk with you to the place. It's not like they just like, oh, (laughs) go up two blocks, make a right, then go left. They actually are say, oh, you want to go there? Okay. And they just take a walk with you to your destination. (laughs) This shocked me. It's really nice. It's really sweet. I mean, literally at stores, you can't get paid professionals to walk you to the Mm -hmm. aisle very often. And it's literally their job to help you. Yet just random citizens are just like, oh, yeah, that's not that far. That's six blocks. Let's walk together. Um, and so that shows me that's an example of how the pace of life is exceedingly different. What do you think we need to do culturally in order to change it? Well, I, I, I think with that, that's a lot of mindset. I think there's, you know, the fear of missing out on something. It's like, I have to do this and I need to do that. And I want to go here. And if I disappoint, don't go to this person's baby shower or something. It's going to be a problem. Like I can't say no because of this and that. And I just think a lot of it is a bit fear-based to get my words twisted, but a bit fear-based of what it is. If you don't do those things, what is going to happen? And um, I also feel that with the whole thing, because I've noticed that a lot of people say that they're going to do a lot of things because there's a difference between people, we, you know, we know people who actually do these things and people who say it, it becomes a, you keep yourself busy, but you're not really doing anything. They'll say, I got to do this and I have this to do and I have that to do. And then when you figure out what they did by the end of the day, they didn't really do much. They just hyped themselves up to believe they did it and exerted energy and thinking that they did it, but really didn't do much at all. So I think there's, those types of people also who really need to like use your words to create the time. So you realize like, Oh, okay. I got a lot more stuff done. Okay. Beautiful. No, this is a fascinating conversation. We are approaching the next half of the show. We are going to take a musical break. And when we come back, we will hear more from Miss Tatiana Jerome on how she has been able to create change with respect to self care. You're broken down and tired Of living life on a merry-go-round And you can't find the fighter But I see it in you so we gon' walk it out And move mountains We gon' walk it out And move mountains and I'll rise up, rise like the day And I'll rise up, I'll rise unafraid I'll rise up, and I'll do it a thousand times again 
I'll rise up high like the waves. I'll rise up in spite of the ache. I'll rise up and I'll do it a thousand times again. Silence isn't quiet, and it feels like it's getting hard to breathe. And I know you feel like dying, but I promise we'll take the world to its feet and move mountains. We'll bring it to its feet and move. I'll rise up, rise like the day, and I'll rise up, rise unafraid. I'll rise up, and I'll do it a thousand times again for you. Welcome back. You are listening to How to Make It in the City on WBAI in New York City, 99.5 FM. You just heard How to Make It in the City intern Pooja Argawal engage in her own rendition of Rise Up. So we are continuing our discussion with author, speaker, entrepreneur, and self-care expert Tatiana Jerome. So Tatiana. Hi. <laughs> so you had a passion <laughs> for self-care, right? You told yeah. us about your it, at this nine to five saying to yourself, this ain't me. 
Basically, that's what you were saying. No. You were saying, this ain't me. This is soul crushing. There's no way on earth I'm going to be able to sit at this desk, picking up these phones, writing these notes for 30 years of my life and collect a pension. There has to be another way. You said that was one of your Mm -hmm. most important challenges. And I'm assuming one of your most important successes is being able to find a way. So now how exactly, because people don't sit at those jobs because they think they're fun and they're they're the highest expressions of themselves as human beings. I don't think anyone is really there. They're doing it to pay the bills. So how did you turn this passion for self-care into a money-making enterprise to pay the bills? Okay, so (laughs) I understand what you're saying because a lot of people are just like, I got to pay the bills or, you know, this is good insurance. It covers my insurance or whatever. But for me... That, that just wasn't going to cover it. And I, at the time, I left that job, and I was taking on temp jobs. And then even the temp jobs would want to turn into, like, full-time jobs. And I'm like, all right, I don't even care at this point. As long as it covers my bills and I have a little bit extra money to invest in my business. And this extra money wasn't, like, $1,000 or anything. I mean, it was a small amount of money. And I was able to put into what I needed. So to publish the book, how much is it going to cost to co- to get the books, and get someone to copyright it or whatever? That's what it would I would invest in. But in the what I would do is that the books were doing okay while I was still working. I did not want to continue working, but it didn't feel like I was actually working unless my my at the time manager was just. I felt like it was annoying me. So that's when it felt like work. But I was working. I know this isn't something that I should be spreading, but I was working, doing my stuff at the job. And then from there, um, it, the, it was still doing good. It was making more money than what I was making at the job. And then I decided to take the book and because people wanted more after the book. They were happy and they wanted more. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know I was going to do a second book. So let me just create a journal to go with it to help people. So since then, I've been creating all these different types of journals, and they've been doing well. So at one point, I just said, I don't need this anymore because I was getting a lot of stress at work, and I just left, and that was it. The It was to the point where what I was making with my business, I made in a year at the – like what I would make – Maybe in a month is what I would make in a year at the the job. And I would still stay anyway because I was so, you know, wired to the point like, oh, my gosh, it's supposed to be my security blanket just in case. But it wasn't really a security blanket. And the way I was being treated at work, I didn't like it. And so I just said, whatever. I know who I am. I believe in God. This is a way. This is probably stopping me from doing more. So this is where I was at. What was the reaction of people around you when you said you quit your job because you're going to continue to sell your books and your journals? Um, it wasn't a positive one. <laughs> yes, people who don't know me, you know, they didn't know that I was still working while doing the book. But in terms of family and friends, it wasn't great. It was more so worry. Like, how are you going to do this? Because I don't have anyone around me that, has a business that they started from scratch or just left a job and did that. So it's like, oh, how are you going to pay taxes? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? You're by yourself. Like, it's just a bunch of questions because people don't know. They don't know how it's going to happen. So 
I don't know how it's going to happen either. I just believe it's going to happen. I'm going to find a way, do the research, and get it to be done. And it's like, well, if you fall hard, you're going to make these mistakes. You're this old. You know, you need to have some um, a backup plan, this, that. And I don't have a backup plan. To this day, I still don't have a backup plan. And I just continue on. I'm like, no, I'm going to go ahead and push forward. And I take risk every time in business. I always do. I know it may not be good for the next person, but for me, I don't like to call it risk, but it's like if I feel like I need to invest in this and I put it in, I'll put it in. I'm like, what happens is what happens. I trust in God for it to matriculate the way it's supposed to. And if it does, then it does. If it doesn't, I have a learning lesson and I move on. So I've made a lot of mistakes. I've learned from them. And then I could tell someone, this is how it works for me. I would never say don't do it. I would just say for me, this is the way my journey has gone. Wow. Well, no, that's incredible. Congratulations, because you're saying that while you were at the job, what you would make from book sales in a month was basically your yearly salary. So you were really right. pushing books. And this is primarily through which social media channels? Yeah, just social media. Which and ones like Instagram, Twitter? Like what were you what were you on and how did you get your channel to have that many people that it could really support your lifestyle? It was I only used Facebook. I didn't use um, anything else. I mean, I'm on Twitter and Instagram now, but I just used Facebook. And it was much easier when I, I guess, when I started the book was 2015. Um, Yeah, it was just much easier. People just gravitated, you know, they did shares and stuff. And I didn't do anything but post several times a day on Facebook. You would see like six or seven posts and people would just share it and just grew just like that. And, yeah, I just felt like even at work, it it was bad. Like my lunch break, I was at the post office always mailing out people's stuff. I would bring, if I couldn't do it the night before because it would just keep growing, um, I would stay up. Then I would just bring the books with me at work and the packaging and everything and just do it at work because my cubicle was in the back, in the corner, so I was able to do that. Then the lunch break, I would wait in the post office line and just ship it out. Wow. And that's what I was doing for a while. No, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. And so how long how long has it been since you've been without a day job, so to speak? Ooh. Um, I was 2015, 2016. So we're in 2018. About two-something two years. About two years. And how have you seen the business grow? Oh, a lot. <laughs> it's so – because when I did the book um, – the book was just standing by itself. That's all I had was the book. But from then, and that was in 2015, from now I have set in soul to where I have journals. I've done over 20-something journals at this point. And that's a big change to promoting each and every journal and the book. So it's done really well. And I'm still, I've taken the time out just to focus on journals and get those done because it really has helped people. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. And every time I create one, I'm like, this is my favorite one. Okay, no, this is my favorite one. (laughs) I really, really really like them. And it's good for me, because at the time, like I said earlier, I like to write when I like to write. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, I need to write a column and everything. No, because I just like to write the way I do. And so I have the freedom to do that and really be myself when I'm doing that and ask the questions that I would that I'm asking you to 
that I would ask myself. And so that's what opens it up. It's like, okay, you can write whatever you want. This is a judgment-free zone. You're safe here. Your thoughts are safe here. And you can look back and see what you wrote and how you've evolved over time. No, this is beautiful. And I think that it's absolutely great that you're sharing your story. I was at in beyond like comic book festival yesterday and one of the other children's books authors on the panel said well you're not going to get rich off of selling books and in my mind at the time i was saying i rebuke that i rebuke that i'm not accepting that and you are rebuking that you're saying you literally support yourself by doing facebook posts and writing and and you know creating journals you create them when you want to when you feel inspired it's not as if you feel as if you're on a strict timeline that you have to you know get one journal out every two months and you're perfectly fine supporting all of your needs yes rebuke all of that because i heard that too they're like you have to do more than that and i'm like oh okay and I'm like no whatever and just kept going on and on. No, wonderful. No. no, this is very, very inspiring. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So now please tell us, let's let's just make sure it's granular for our listeners. What are the products or and or services that you currently offer? I also do the self-love class that I do once a year. Um, it's an online class. And so just really gaining your self-confidence. And even for those who feel like it could be pushed to another level, that's what that class is online. And really right now, journals, I've stopped some other things that I wanted to do because I wanted to focus more on those two things. And um, what Set in Soul, also it's not just journals. It's anything that helps, again, with you feeling good about yourself. So I also have these pens, which one is like anything I write will come true. That's one of my favorite pens. So I feel like when I write a check, you know, in the power of the manifestation, like, yes, this is going to happen for me. And just things like that. I write, I mean, I write, I have things that will, you put all around you for you to see and make you feel like you could do anything that you want to do. Absolutely beautiful. So you've mentioned books, journals, pens, and your yearly self-love class. Okay, beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so now are you still like going to the post office to mail stuff? How have you like streamlined your business so that you can fulfill these orders that are growing yeah i had okay so i was doing this at home and um doing them at work so then i had to get a bigger place because i just felt like keep overhead short i mean small so um i have a room but then the room is too big and then have to i mean too small and then i have the garage so i just have people that come in and they package the books for me I just hired a few people who do that. I now am able to hire someone to help get press and media. I'm able to hire someone in terms of social media as well, um, customer service. It's just grown a lot because it's very demanding. I'm like, oh, I really want to get to you. Like there's people who just reach out who just have questions. And I'm like, I'm trying to get to you. And then there's others as well while still writing and doing other stuff. Wonderful. So now are you able to, do you focus on individual sales or are you doing more bulk orders? I do both. So I have someone who does bulk orders, just reaches out to people who want to do bulk orders. And it's easy because a lot of people already reach out to us. So that person is just the communication person for bulk orders. Um, A lot of times it's someone who's already ordered a book or two. 
and they really, really, or a journal or two, and they really like it, and then they want to have it in their store or um, in the campus or whatever else. So it's not much. It's not much for the person I have to go ahead and do anything. It's because mainly, like for example, as of today, it's like four people who reached out who wanted to do bulk orders. So that would be they just he just communicates with them and makes it happen. Okay, now these people who work for you, are they employees? Are they freelancers? How exactly did you manage that process? Oh, they're employees, yes. And But I like to say we work together. I don't want to say you work for me. We work with each other. And then, um, yeah, they're just employees. Still trying to get organized with everything. None of this stuff is perfect and still trying to figure things out. I myself take online classes to see how I could do better in terms of business and organization because we don't want it to stop here. We want to still provide more things for people so to feel better because I notice people always want more. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's you want more than that. Okay, I got to do more. That's fine. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> like, it's oh, amazing. I thought that was enough. No, I think you've done absolutely. I mean, in two to three years, you have employees. I mean, there are many people who have had companies for 30 years and have not gotten to a level where they are like hiring and giving people a set salary. People were concerned about you not getting a salary. You now provide a salary for others. I mean, to me, yeah, you've done incredibly well in a very short amount of time. Absolutely. Okay, great. And and how do you gain publicity and brand awareness? Again, um, social media and a lot of it, we went into Facebook ads. So that's where, we focus on now Facebook ads before it was just, Oh, you just have to post and do whatever. But because they keep changing and it's harder to see your post and stuff like that, I'm like the impact isn't as great. And then we also saw it in sales. So then we had to get into Facebook ads and that has helped a lot as well. So just the Facebook ads alone, people are able to see people you would never think that you would reach. You're able to reach. You don't, you don't ever know who's who. And so in that sense, when you're talking to a customer, it's just the language and everything else. You don't, you don't know who you're talking to, and you always want to make sure that you're treating them well as a customer. Beautiful. So now please tell us, what do you think have been the real keys to br- growing your business this way in such a short period of time? The one is consistency. That's what I've noticed, consistency. If you start something and people love it, you can't just end it <laughs> just like that. I I really, truly believe consistency. I also believe in growing in terms of, for myself, I can't keep talking about breakups all day long. We had to evolve and talk about something else. Like, okay, what happens after the breakup? How do you heal? So what other areas do we want to heal in? So being making room for yourself to grow, which goes into the self-care aspect, I feel like it's a reflection of me. The business is a reflection of me. So if I'm not growing, this business is not going to grow in any way. If I haven't evolved, it just like I, I look at it also with my plants. Like I, you know, have little plants, and I'm like, oh, they're dying. Some area of my life needs some work. I need to do something. I'm sorry, or, you said you say that with respect to. Did you say plans or plants? Oh, plants. Like I have a little garden. <laughs> okay. Oh, so, yeah. I just like to grow things. So. um I'll look at my plants, like I have a scotch bonnet plant. I'm like, oh, it's not doing well. What's going on? Mm. And so I'll look at it and just like, I think 
it's like some area of my life because I'll talk to my plants and be like, oh, mommy loves you, grow like your brother or something like that. Mm. And that's how I look at it. So I'm like, if I look at my business and I'm just like, okay, this part is not doing well. Yeah, it could be outside factors like, you know, the economy or whatever. But I always feel like you should be prepared in those situations as well. And so I'll look at myself and what I didn't do, what I did do, what what am I thinking, what was I thinking, that like stuff like that. I always look at myself because I'm not going to place the blame on someone else because it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't help in any way. Okay, very, very beautiful. Now, please also let us know how can uh, listeners follow your journey and financially support your work? Uh you can follow me on social media. My name is Tatiana Jerome, so that's where it is all across the board. Instagram, Facebook. You could go on TatianaJerome.com. Also, the journals, which um, are sold on Set and Soul, which is another business that I have. Set and Soul is where I put all the self-love stuff that I've done on there. And it's so funny because when I had Set and Soul, I had it as a domain name. And I said, I want this to be something where it's this don't meaning I think I've had it for like four or five years and I wanted to be someplace where people could come and talk about their experiences and how they've overcome things and then that wasn't it I just needed some I'm like well, where am I going to put these journals and I'm like set in soul because this is touching the spirit and soul so then I'm like oh perfect and that's how it came about but you could go to setinsoul.com for journals and everything else absolutely the, beautiful oh i forgot oh what else yeah please add any of your you know any any other yeah. ways the book um love lost love found is sold at bookstores and anywhere they sell books amazon <laughs> books a million yeah and you can get it there absolutely beautiful thank you so much and congrats on your success no i think it's an amazing story from in two years you've been able to grow your company to have employees and um to be and you've reached so many people like at this point how many how many copies of love lost love found would you have said have been sold i would say over twenty thousand i've sold and um it's funny because even when you say that it's crazy because this is what I was talking about, like, with self-love um, and taking care of yourself, the care. I would always be like, man, you should be so much further right now. Like, you know, you could be hard on yourself. And then sometimes I look back, I'm like, oh, this was just the other day. I'm still creating products. And then at the same time, just like even with what you're saying, with business, paying everybody else. Everybody has to get paid before I get paid. Like, if it's a rough time, I won't even take a pay. Like, I'll just feel like the business needs it and whatever else. But I have to make sure everything gets paid before I get paid. Well, no, some people would disagree. There are many, many gurus who would say, make sure you pay yourself first. So explore that, that, that thought process a little bit. Yeah. A lot of people would say that. And that's, see, that's how I have to keep evolving on myself. I'm just like, "Mm, no, I need this person and I need that person. We're working as a team. I got to make sure everybody gets paid. But that's only happened twice where it's been a hard time. So I haven't really had to worry about that. But I do feel like I got to make sure that things are set. So there's the pressures of the business as well. And then I always sit back and say, oh, nope, and talk to myself. I'm like, I'm not going to let that get to me. That's darkness right there. That fear is right there. I want to step into light. So I'm going to carry this and be light with it. 
Absolutely beautiful. Well, it's been working. No, no, no. Do get do not get down on yourself. I think you're doing phenomenally. So thank you so much, uh, Tatiana. We greatly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This concludes How to Make It in the City. We are grateful for the expertise and experience of author, speaker, entrepreneur, and self-care expert Tatiana Jerome. Thanks so much for listening. I am your host, Ama Karikari Yawson Esquire, author of Sune's Gift and Educator. I'd love to visit your school, corporation, or organization, so please feel free to contact me at Ama, A-M-A, at WBAI.org and at 347-886-2026. Again, Ama, A-M-A, at WBAI.org or call me at 347 347- 886-2026. Please also contact me if you're an entrepreneur in the city and you'd love to be on this show. Until next week, we're wishing you love, joy, health, peace, and prosperity. Be well, loved ones.